Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. box podcast a special a different episode of the out of the box podcast Gray robertson and tom canterbury here tom just like the season three finale we're in the same room but by god this is not the studio it is not this is the lovely cottage here in bradenton florida as we're part of the fgcl i'm yes. sitting here with the voice of the fgcl gray robertson and we're uh, we're having a good time <laughs> we are. we're not even going around the bases this time no we are not we are uh i don't know a double and then being driven home because <laughs> like, after we have our opening conversation we'll talk about some of the big storylines yeah. involving is, alabama and college is there, softball is there a format at all no, no we didn't okay. even write an outline no, it's incredible <laughs> and we're opening the show talking about the fgcl with some of the faces of the Florida Gulf Coast League. So it is time to introduce our panel. We've got three guests joining us. We will start with the former Arizona State Sun Devil, the All-American, two appearances in the Women's College World Series with a sub-one career ERA in OKC, the head coach of the Pioneers. I don't even know if you knew that. The head coach of the Pioneers, Erica Beach. Beachy, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Great. Great. I'm glad that I can, you know, transition the board material to the pod here. You really did. I, that was, I didn't know that. So that's cool. Good to know. Uh, well, Erica Beach is here. There is also another pioneer nearby on the Zoom. We'll see if Carly Milburn makes an appearance. Also joining us, the head coach of the Bradenton Lynx. She is an assistant at Ohio Dominican up in Ohio. Not Old Dominion, Ohio Dominican, very different schools. She played at Akron, and she went from assistant to head coach after the Lynx original head coach, Lindsey Fico, decided to go all big D1 on us. Caitlin Gambone. Caitlin, hello. Hello, everyone. <laughs> How are you? I'm, I'm doing great. Good. Love life here in Florida. Of course. We're going to talk about your team in a bit because I want to okay. talk about some of your Yeah, we, everyone loves the Lynx. Of course. <laughs> Finally. The assistant for the Manatee Squeeze, who, by the way, today, as we record, clinched the number one seed in the playoffs and the regular season championship. She was a fantastic player at Adelphi and also runs the LLC Knee Down K-Up. Nikki Cuccio, what's up? Hi, Gray. Hi, Tom. Thanks for having me tonight. Great to have you. You didn't realize you'd spend like three hours every night on Zoom. You had class and now you're doing the Out of the Box podcast. Exactly. <laughs> Life in 2021, apparently. This is yes. wow, we're still doing things. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna open up the first question to the floor and anyone can comment on this. I mean, what a crazy summer this has been. Last year we had the COVID difficulties as we put everything together and there were so many issues just trying to find places to play. And this year it's been issues with weather and we had NCAA problems with coaches and having to transition staffs. Um, so as we get ready for the playoffs, which start in, gosh, 36 hours, overall general thoughts of the summer thus far, who wants to start off? I think uh, this is my, obviously my first year experiencing the FGCL. And I think the best thing about this league is that any team can win, that there is competitive athletes um, on, on each squad and, from the top team to the bottom team at any point, any team's going to give you a game and a competitive game. So you have to be on your A game every single time you step out in the field. And I think that's what makes this league so awesome is that you never have a game off. Yeah, I would say just transitioning from last year, I'm, I'm a returning coach. So I've been here for two seasons now. 
Um, you know, last year, the league was much smaller. We had a lot of obstacles. I mean, even leading up to about 10 days before season, we didn't know if there was going to be a season. It was like that close of a call of like, is it going to happen? And the league was definitely, I would say more split, like the, the top to the bottom was a big, you know, pretty decent there's, you know, parody there. And that's one of the things it was, and it was a really special season 2020. I'm not, you know, I loved every bit of it. And then coming in this year with 10 teams, which is a fantastic a growth, um, giving more athletes the opportunity to stay sharp and just grow their game throughout a summer where normally they're hitting alone on a tee and pitching into a net. Um, so the, the amount of athletes that we got to incorporate this year, I think it was what 160 or around that. Um, uh, it's been just transitioning to this year. It's been, I think, just an amazing experience. I mean, I've seen growth in players on all the teams from beginning to end of this season. Um, I love that, like, you know, Nikki said that the competition level is, is really elevated and the competitiveness in game to game, anyone can beat anyone on any day, which is something that keeps the athletes engaged in, to, in the ball games more. And no matter what your, no matter what your record is, you know that you can come out and compete any, you know, it's just who's the best team on this day, which is, it still keeps you engaged and excited. So, I mean, I think just the opportunity for these athletes to come out and stay competitive and grow their, grow their skills, um, create these amazing bonds and friendships. And I'm going to tell you right now, probably one of the most special parts about this experience is the family-like atmosphere that we end up leaving with. I feel like I have, you know, 16 new, you know, nieces that I'm coaching or daughters that I'm coaching that are part of my family now. And so many of you amazing coaches and Gray, your entire group. I mean, everybody that's been involved becomes like a family and you have this bond and we see each other around the country at softball and online. And it's like, you, you form a true bond over the summer and it's really sad to leave. It is. Well, I'm going to cut in. Because I want to go back to the first meeting, all right? We, we've got the first coaches meeting at Square Up Academy. And I get there right on time. All of you overachievers showed up like 10 minutes early. And I walk in and I go hug Beach. And I go hug Lindsay Fico. And we're all hugging around. And uh, I remember Ryan Moore said to somebody, um, I guess one of the new folks, that it was like a family reunion. And it kind of is. I mean, you know, because we all we all hung out so much last summer. And unfortunately, because of certain rules that we just couldn't get around this year, a lot of the returners who were coming back weren't able to come back. But, you know, we spent so much time together last summer, we all kept communicating through the season. I will never forget texting Erica Beach during that travesty of an Arizona State game with a strike zone that is still to this day, a mystery. And I don't, it's just fun. It's just what makes it fun. And it also makes meeting new people like Caitlin Gambone fun. Caitlin, what do you think? I mean, I'm also a first year coach in this league and I, I think this league's amazing. Um, like everyone else has already said, um, it's fun to watch all these girls compete day in, day out. You get to see some of the best athletes that, you know, people may have never heard of. So it's cool to just come out, watch them play and, and go all out. And everyone already said, you know, you never know who's going to win each day. So it's cool to see girls compete. And I mean, to have a league like this um, when I was in college would have been amazing. Like I hated sitting at home all summer long. And like you said, hitting off a tee or finding a cage to hit in. Like it's a, it's a, it's so cool to see something like this finally develop. Like baseball has 150 leagues. Like they know what they're going to do over the summer. Some girls are like, well, I guess I'm just going to, go play 23 and under or something like that. But they get to come here every, every day and play competitive softball like they were in college. So I just think that's so like amazing, like to see what these girls do every day. Gray, you mentioned the, the family atmosphere to that, you know, this is my first year uh, being involved and getting to come down. And, uh, but I felt like I knew what uh, knew everybody because anytime that anybody that we were playing against is doing Alabama softball, would come up, up oh, FGCL in there, you know, and so uh, I, I, I certainly felt as though I was already a part of the family before I got here, uh, knowing that. But uh, guys, we talked about the, you know, the development of the players, but uh, maybe start with uh, Caitlin on this one. But how much does it help 
you as a coach and growing as a coach to be in a league like this? Um, I think it helps me so much um, from just building a lineup with 11 girls I just met, you know, five weeks ago. I'm trying to figure them out and just putting a lineup together. I think that helps me, um, but also learning from them because some of these girls, they bring different things to the table. So, I mean, I love to learn new things every day. And I think some of these players teach me new things, but also coaching against people. And when I got to coach with Lindsay for the short amount of time, I learned a lot of new things and I think it'll help me um, hundred, like so much in the future, um, just developing um, a game plan, um, practice, like that kind of stuff. Um, but I definitely have learned so much already from just being here in a short amount of time. Nikki, what do you think? You, you know, you were an assistant this year, uh, at a coaching, at a coaching job. What, what do you think going forward? Cause I know you're, you know, you, you want to stay in this for a while. Yeah. I think like Caitlin said, I I've learned a lot from each of the athletes and sort of going back to the first question that you guys had asked, something that popped in my head was the amount of information that they share with each other is really awesome to see. And, and just the different experiences that they've had in their own programs, but they're also sharing it with us, which has been great. So I've learned a lot from them, but also just from watching the other coaches make decisions and like how to, you know, I I talked to, to, to Erica a bunch about, you know, flex and DP and how to the different rules and, and, you know, picking the umpires brains has been really awesome for me too. just understanding conference, how many conferences and what happens when this happens and, and can I move this person here and take them out and re-enter them and those kinds of things, just managing a game. I think um, as an assistant at a D3 school, where I just came from, you don't really get to, to do that. You're worrying about the social media and, and the field and, you know, the laundry and, and those sorts of things that obviously make make the program run and allow the athletes to compete, but getting this opportunity where I've been able to, you know, coach third some games and, and just trust my gut on sending a girl versus not sending a girl or taking a pitcher out or leaving her in for another inning and, and sort of those sort of decisions. I think this league allows young coaches and even experienced coaches who don't get that opportunity to be put in those positions and trust their gut and learn from the different things that they're able to do, but then also watch others do. I just personally getting to know a lot of these younger coaches that are in the league this year, including these two here, um, you know, a lot of the assistants, including my assistant, Carly Milburn. Um, That's two shout outs for Carly, by the way, yes, if we're hey, keeping Carly. count. But one of the things I'm absolutely most impressed with is the, the hunger that I'm seeing in these coaches, uh, the maturity the passion for the sport. Um, they take it seriously. They, they want to improve. Like, you know, Kayla was saying, she's like, I want to learn something new every day. I want to grow myself. It's like, I've, I've never seen like this big of a group that I, that's been kind of put together that are just like so passionate about this sport as coaches that all want to go to the next level. And so like just me being here, I'm an old dog, you know, I'm, I'm the oldest lady here probably. And, but seeing that just gives me so much hope. Like there's such a bright future in this sport with coaches um, that like, I'm excited because I know every single one of these people, if they choose to and want to go to the next level, you're going to see a lot of these names mm. heading up programs in not too many years. I'm telling you. Mm. So mark my words, you're going to see these people running some programs down the road. And this is where, you know, I got to see it kind of start too. It's so it's really been a pleasure to be a part of that and seeing it. That's, I love that. Yeah. That's so nice. I love that. <laughs> okay, let's let's break this down even more because to me, in my opinion, my favorite part of the day when I'm not talking about softball, which is most of the day, but my favorite part is like the 20 minutes from when I'm set up to before I actually have to do anything. And I get to talk to the coaches and I get to talk to the players and we get to share stories and, and just, and just kind of have these conversations. And I get to do that for about 20 minutes before two games every day. Y'all get to do that every day in the dugout during these games when you're hitting. So let's go around something funny, a good story, something that 
comes to mind that you have that you have done with your team that that you really enjoyed this year? Kayla might already have an answer that happened like an hour ago. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, an hour ago, I had the team over for dinner. Um, we grilled out, and Kara, who's also here, had the Skeeters over. So it was kind of cool to get the two teams together just to hang out and whatnot. Um, but I mean, these girls. I've known them, like I said, for four weeks now, and I feel like I've known them for so much longer. Just like being around them is so enjoyable. Um, but I, they're so fun to be around and just like hearing them in the dugout, just like goofing around before games and talking about their like, oh, in this game, this last year, I did this and this. And one of the girls said the first game of her college career, she was talking about it. She goes, I was playing center field, tripped and face planted into a giant puddle of mud. Like it's just those kind of things that just, you know, make your day a little bit better. <laughs> we, and we just had a little fire. Everything's fine. Yeah. <laughs> just, it's fine. I cleaned the grill. Everything's good to go. <laughs> <laughs> the house is still yes, standing. Everything's good. Everything's Brilliant. Good. Yes, it, it absolutely is. <laughs> the hamburgers and hot dogs were phenomenal. They were They're really good. They were. Yeah. Pro- a A1. Not Thank the you. sauce, but the grade for the, the burgers. Appreciate it. <laughs> Beach, you always say once a near, always a near. So what's your answer to this question? Well, yeah, nears for life is, is our motto. Um, you know, my girls from last year are still part of the family. They're still engaging with our current team and um, always commenting and just kind of like still engaged with all of us. And then... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would I would have to say that one thing that I'm really proud of with this team is the team chemistry. Like I told you, I'm like, if they gave a team award out for chemistry, we would be like every year, like we would nail it. <laughs> but, you know, that's the thing. Like they, I don't know, I, there's no, I don't know what the secret sauce is or how we've lucked out, but we have had just some phenomenal kids that have just uh, really embraced each other and players on other teams, you know, they're just like welcoming and just really, really sweet and fun. And they just, they have a great time. I mean, I've, you know, I've lost two players to the portal that we ended up having to transfer to other teams because my assistant is a coach at a D one and you can't coach a current portal athlete. So the solution was, I said, I'm not losing my assistant. So we were going to have to find a solution here. So we ended up having um, Nikki uh, ended up inheriting one of my athletes and the slice ended up inheriting another athlete. And um, even they spend time in our dugout during our games in their uniforms, but they come to almost like all of our games if they're not playing at the same time. And um, but it's just one of those things where like, once you're part of the family, you always are. So, um, you know, that's, that's the lucky thing I think for all of us is just that, you know, we're crazy, but I do have a funny story. We have six girls that are now in the deep application process to be on an empty TV show together. <laughs> what? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What show? Wait, is that the Siesta Key show that's on? No, MTV? it's not that. It's a different kind of show. It's they don't tell you what the name of the show is while you're applying, but it the the gist is that six friends do some sort of competing to win a grand prize. Oh my gosh! No clue. Sometimes they mislead you on these little applications, but they straight up saw it on TikTok like two days ago and applied, and now they're in like the second round of, of they got passed on to the next round <laughs> and they're um they're gonna do it i'll give you more info down the road if i find it I'll, I'll let you know if they end up on mtv wow please team fgco uh, right <laughs> i inspired the circus girls to apply they're like they were like we want to do it <laughs> there should literally be an mtv show called the slice that's oh lord yes <laughs> you're right you're right on that one all right nikki you're up what you got Funny story-ish, kind of. Um, I was at the school that I was at. I didn't really throw much front toss. I, I That wasn't really one of my big roles. Um, so throwing front toss for me is was definitely something new. And I knew coming in to this league that I was going to have to do it a lot. So I spent some time doing it before I came down. But I was super anxious about throwing front toss. I'm like, I have all these elite athletes who get all this front toss and BP thrones them all the time. And here I am coming 
down to this league, I got to be able to do it. So actually earlier today when I was throwing front toss and I definitely have improved still work in progress, but have improved. Um, Riley Boone, who it plays for Oklahoma came up to me after her round of front toss and said, you know, Nikki, you've gotten a lot better at front toss the first week. I didn't know if I wanted to keep coming back to your cage. So I was definitely take, took that compliment as, as a big one coming from her, but um, it was really funny and something that I was obviously super nervous about going in. And now, you know, what, four or five weeks later, you know, they're able to joke around about those things. And, and I shared, you know, my nerves about that, even though, you know, it's, it seems like a little thing, but I, I wanted to make sure I could prepare them to compete at the level that they wanted to compete at. And so we had a conversation about nerves and just kind of getting through that. So it was a good, a good little moment of, you know, some laughs, but also some serious talk about just like mental health and, you know, managing nerves and preparing for games and, and those sorts of things. So that was a really cool moment for me. Learning process for everybody. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we, Gray and I actually got to do a game with Gray my first day here. And we saw something that we had never seen before. We've been doing games together for like four years. I've been five years, five Tom, years. Come sorry. On. What? Uh, and I, and I've been doing it for seven overall. And it was something, it was a timing play that neither of us had ever seen. Um, and I think because, you know, maybe, um, the teams are a little bit thrown together. You don't have as much practice time. You'll have some more odd things happen during a game, maybe in a league like this. And you would say during a regular college season, uh, have you guys had anything happen just odd or crazy on the field or, you know, any, or either season for UB strike zones do not count. No. Yeah. <laughs> Those have been all over the place this year. <laughs> Feel better than last year, though. I'm going to let you know. <laughs> Don't know what you're going to get every game. <laughs> well, you know, that's part of it. We, we, we've seen some bad zones. As, as I was about to say. say. At, at every level, that's what happens. <laughs> I did have one funny thing happen. Is um, one of my pitchers wears a mask, a face mask. And she, like, weirdly didn't know how to, like, tighten it. <laughs> and so she got a ground ball hit back to her. And like, she looked up to throw to first base and the whole mask dropped in front of her eyes. <laughs> so she was blind and then spiked the ball at the first base <laughs> and it went up the right field line and like, not kidding. It was like, but it was like, she was literally blind. Like the whole mask dropped and like just the thick top bar was covering her eyes like a blindfold. <laughs> wow. And you know, we, there were, we had mask issues in the World Series in Montana Fouts. So, I mean, that type of stuff happens again at all levels, too. <laughs> I definitely fixed her mask after that game, so that was good. Now it hasn't happened since. There you go. And, um, yeah. And, the, oh, Mac Leonard hit a ball off the top of the palm tree over on field three. And she literally almost stopped it before she got to first base to cover her mouth because she couldn't believe how far it was hit. <laughs> but, you know, that's fun. I mean, you know, we, it wasn't, you know, a good thing for us, but it was pretty <laughs> weird things i don't um when we played each other obviously this is uh umpire related but there was a bunt that was called it was called foul. called foul oh, yeah it was, it was way like, out front wait was this ashley's yes this is ashley's yeah. sack bunt perfect sack bunt falls right out front whatever moves the girl to second she's out at first and the umpire goes foul ball i was like you didn't even say it when she put the bunt down. And I'm like looking over, like I'm looking at them. I'm like, did he really just call that a foul ball? So I walked to the home plate umpire. I was like, are you going to like, can you ask him for help? Like you're standing right there. Oh no. Once, once he's overturned it, can't overturn it again. I was like, what? <laughs> you were standing five feet from it. <laughs> but yeah, that was, we, we were all very confused. There was a lot of odd calls in that game for sure like one of my girls hit one off the foul pole hit the top of the foul pole and bounces back in so home run and then he goes foul ball when i said wait no no that that hit the foul pole <laughs> no, no wait no he, yeah he was like uh i thought that hit the, the top of the dugout out there in left field and bounced back in and then he goes my my deaf perception's kind of off i was like man i was like if you really miss that that much <laughs> i was like i was just like looking at him like very confused but i was like yeah that definitely hit the foul pole <laughs> why anything bad for the squeezes or are y'all perfect because y'all won the championship oh. what do you say Nikki? <laughs> perfect i mean we've had we've had 
quite a bit of miscommunications. We we had a infield fly in between first and second base that uh, nobody called and the ball dropped between two. That was one. But I mean, overall, you know, I, I've been been really lucky to to get to coach some pretty elite athletes. Um, I can't really think of of many many weird things. Um, I mean, other than the first game of the year that one of the pitchers got hit in the face and that was, that was pretty scary for sure. First game out, um, but she's doing well, which is good. And she's healthy and doing all right. But um, other than that, I mean, it's been great. And I think in terms of the umpires, like it keeps everybody on their toes and it just teaches, I mean, it, it's taught me a lot that like, I don't have control over that. I know I, I was told that as a player a lot, but I don't have control. So just, you know, keep on path. And I've had conversations with our athletes about, you know, it's, you, you don't have control. Don't allow the umpires, even though it's really difficult to affect the way you play your game. And so it's good lessons within that too, even though it's been very funny and interesting for sure. So far, we have talked about coaching. We've talked about teams. We have said athletes and players a lot, but it's time to start naming names. So I want you to brag about one player on your team and also one player on another team. Nikki muted her mic, so she's not up first. Who wants to go? <laughs> okay, I'll go. I'll go. All right, Caitlin. Okay. Um, well, I'm going to brag about Devin. Um, Devin Flaherty. I think she's um, a great athlete um, overall. Defense hitting, just talking about the game in general, I think is amazing just listening to her talk. She's a game changer on the field. Um, every game it's, Hey, we're, we should do this. Like just talking to the other girls, like, or, Hey, what do you think we should do here? Like, just like hearing her opinion about things I think is, is crazy. And like hearing like the culture that she is coached in, um, I think is just crazy. Like how structured it is and how everyone buys into the culture like day in and day out. And just hearing about that, um, she's definitely a game changer for the links, um, every single game, like, even though she gets out like next, next to bat, she makes an adjustment or Does she, she walks. get out though. Cause she's hitting Barely. like four nine. Exactly. So yeah. But anyways, um, like she can lay down a bunt or walk off the game for us, scores the winning run, steals bases, makes diving plays, turns double plays by herself. Like she gives you everything everything to this game like physically and just mentally um someone from another team I should have thought about this before I uh chose to go <laughs> I knew you were gonna jump out and talk about Devin but now you gotta now you gotta follow it up I think Allie from the Skeeters watching her swing the bat is so fun to watch I mean we played them today and she put one over the trees I, I think she's fun. Like, and she's like, just like that, like silent, like killer, you know, she's um, you're afraid every time she comes up to the box because she could put one on to field three, you know, just that kind of stuff. And she made some great defensive plays against us today. So um, I mean, everyone, everyone talks about the girls that are leading the leagues and everything like that. And I'm all about the kids from the mid major, you know, schools just putting their name out there. I mean, I was a mid-major player, so I love to see all these mid-major uh, girls succeeding day in and day out in this league. Let me think. Okay, well, for my team, definitely the I would say the biggest standout on my team would be Victoria Ortiz. I mean, she's been our most consistent hitter. She's leading our team in like batting average by a long shot. She's well over 400 now. She seems to be like just super like queen of clutch. Uh, you know, for us, when we've really needed a hit, like we needed someone to bust something open for us. She's been there for us. Um, you know, she's, uh, and she's just a great kid. She's, she plays, you know, her, she plays at South Alabama. Thank you. Um, yes. But she's super competitive. Um, she is in the cages almost every day in the afternoons getting work in and it pays off. Like if she's not feeling good at you know, in a game, I hundred percent can guarantee she's out getting cuts within a few hours, mm. uh, getting extra work in, um, and just really great kid to be around too. Just a good, you know, good teammate, good kid. Um, and just, yeah, love her. I've 
you know, gotten to know like Paige Rao from uh, River Mox. Paige, how do you pronounce her last name? Rao. It is Rao. I said yeah, it right. It is. Paige, I, you know, Paige has been, I got to bond with her a little bit when she joined our team Florida when we played, um, you know, a couple weeks ago. And so I got a chance to get to know her and Grace and Radcliffe. And, um, you know, that, that's been pretty, you know, fun getting to know them. They're, they're super chemistry players, really fun to be around. You could tell they're really great energy. Um, and I have to give a shout out to Saxon Radcliffe from the Mox yes. as well, because let me just tell you when I lost my only catcher to an injury, like literally like the only catcher I had left because my other catcher got traded over because of the, the portal. Um, I lost my only catcher in the middle of a game and Saxon was with the river mocks playing on the next field. And they saw me and the trainer carrying our catcher off the field. And she literally like, ran over and was like, do you guys need help? Like, what, what can I do to help? Do you want me to catch? Do you need me to like, it was the coolest thing. Like it has nothing to do with ERA batting average stats. That's just like the kind of kid she is that she was like, because she knew that we were now out of catchers and I was going to have to put someone behind the plate who'd never caught before, which is f- super fun as a coach. That's, that's terrifying neat. at all. No, not at all, but definitely have to give a shout out to her and to my newest addition who came to us from the fins to rescue us, Jolie, who is now a pioneer, but she started the season, did half the season with the fins and, you know, has caught every inning since because my catcher's still not back yet either and has stepped up for us so big. So I have to give her a shout out because Jolie Miracle and her last name is Miracle. And I'm telling you that was very appropriate because she (laughs) was our miracle because we wouldn't, I don't know what we would have done. We didn't have a catcher. That's like the, other than pitcher, that's the one position you can't not have. (laughs) You really need one of those. (laughs) Really highly recommend having a catcher. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, um, you know, there's been a lot of adversity around the pioneers, but I'm, those kids, man, we've got, there's kids all over this league that are just gems. So I got to give shout outs to all of them, but those were ones that stood out to me. Mm. All right, Nikki. All right. A lot of thought went into this. I obviously the Riley Boone has, has amazed me. She, she can lay down a bunt and, and beat it out and then also can hit the ball out you know, 230 feet. So I, I think she's been amazing um, for us and, and has really been, you know, a, a leader on our, on our team and, you know, has the, the part that I mentioned earlier about just the conversation piece, she's willing to share and, and have conversations with her teammates about what works for her in terms of bunting for a base hit or, you know, in the outfield or whatever it is, breathing before she steps in the box. So she's been great, but um, another name and that I've I didn't really know before coming here um, is Devin Howard, who uh, plays for Liberty, and she has amazed me defensively. is is smooth. She gets has a, you know a great range and offensively in the box. She has done a great job for us coming in clutch. has has pretty much put the ball in play almost every at bat. I think that she's had, um, which has been great and and just gets really good reads on the bases. She's, we joke around. She's not, she's not very fast, but she is a good base runner, which um, I think is awesome and just super gritty. So I've enjoyed getting to know her and, and coach her. And I think these next couple of years, you're going to start to hear her name a lot. Um, and then in terms of other teams, this is tough. Um, I'm going to botch names here, Grace. You got to help me out, but okay. Blake, Blake. I do it all the time. It's fine. <laughs> Nealman, Nelliman, Nelliman, close. <laughs> Blake Nettle, ne- say it again. <laughs> Blake Nelliman. Don't laugh at me. Never. Um, Blake Nelliman. Blake Nelliman. She's she. Uh, we got to face her today, and um, you know she threw a perfect game, and and has has a has a great ERA, and and has done really well for the Finns. And um, I just love. I, I'm a, a former catcher, and love p- when pitchers have great composure on the mound. Um, she, you know, kept her cool today after she gave up some hits and, and, and a home run and just was really consistent with, with what she was throwing. And um, I thought she commanded her zone really well. So I thought she was pretty impressive. And I think one of the, one of the, if not the best pitcher in the league right now. Um, and then I also really love the way um, Ellie Armistead. Yes. Mm-hmm. From the circus. 
Um, I think defensively, she's a stud and um, just I, I just really enjoy watching her play and um, and looking forward to now following her even more after this summer. Mm. Last thing for me, guys, as we talk some FGCL here on the Out of the Box podcast is looking towards, you know, continuing to grow the league and, and having uh, another season next year. We see people here this season uh, from the conference player of the year to players that literally redshirted or did not get an at bat for their uh, for their team this season. But what would be regardless of the level the player is or anything like that? Uh, what would be kind of your sales pitch for a player to come play here in the FGCL? No sales pitch needed. Come play ball, see live pitching, get live at bats, get pitch against live hitters near the beach in Florida over the summer. It's like, I mean, that's the thing is like 2020, we had to like find people to fill the teams. Sure. We had over 400 applications last year, not counting kids that were returning and um, only 160 spots overall. So this is now the place to play. And I, and we had a lot of college coaches out here looking at portal kids. I mean, this is, this is the future of what college athletes are going to be wanting to do in their off time. This is where college coaches are going to start spending or sending their athletes that they know are about to be impact players. Maybe they're incoming freshman or a freshman that redshirted or somebody that's coming back from an injury or, you know, something like this is just the future of what is going to be making. This is going to elevate the college game is what I'm most excited about. Mm-hmm. So no sales pitch, but get your name in early if you want in, because there's not enough spots for everybody who's going to want to play in this league. I, I dig it. And let me tell you, it's not perfect yet. We're still working kinks out. We're still trying to figure everything out. But man, oh man, year five, whoo, look out, look out. Wow. I mean, golly, we're, whoo, I'm excited. Now I'm I'm already ready for next year. (laughs) And and this, we aren't even in the playoffs yet. Caitlin, (laughs) Nikki, what do y'all got? Sun, beach, softball. What else could you ask for? No, I'm just kidding. Put it on a shirt, Caitlin. Feeling beachy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I think, I mean, like she said, softball every day a chance to see pitching I mean we most kids who come into college the freshmen have advantage because they just play travel ball and everyone else hasn't really seen live pitching so like this is a chance for you to come in um honestly try new things if your coach wants you to try new things you're making adjustments you're finding things that work for you finding things that don't work for you um and really just playing softball I mean what more could you ask for you're playing softball for six weeks in Florida and you're get to, you get to play with other kids from around the country. Um, I mean, there's not more. Um, I don't think any kids would want. <laughs> if you are a competitor and you love the game and you love to learn and you love to meet people, there's not a better place to be. I think that there's so much that can come out of these five weeks. Like Caitlin and Erica have said and I think that there's we talked earlier about this bond and this family and these these athletes are now going to be able to go and play their regular seasons and be able to see a familiar face across the on the in the other dugout or watch you know one of their teammates on tv or whatever it is and I think that there's, there's so much value to that. And, and I think the best part about our game is that is when people are willing to share and to have conversations and share ideas. And, and I think that you're, you spend so much time just like, I heard a a, two pitchers, not even on our team talking the other day about the different grips of how they hold a change up and how they throw it. And I I thought that was awesome. And you have a, a hitting facility that you're able to pretty much go to and have access to whenever you want. And, I think that, like Caitlin said earlier, if this was around, you know, when I was playing, I and that wasn't too long ago, I w- would have died to have an opportunity to to get to be in an atmosphere like that. But I don't, I don't know if, like, like Erica said, that there's much of a a pitch needed. But I do think that this is going to grow, and I'm excited to see these kids now compete in their college seasons going forward. Mm. That was my favorite thing this year. I mean, yeah. Tom knew. I tracked everybody. Everybody. I read through every box score every night. 
looking for FGCL people and kept on a little document because I'm crazy and don't sleep. But also just because, you know, I like I'm friends with these people and it's like I, Tom will never forgive me. But last year we showed up and did a podcast and I was like, Tom, I hate to break it to you. I am now friends with a Washington Husky and Oklahoma Sooner and a Florida State Seminole. <sighs> it's true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when Alabama plays Florida State this upcoming March, I'm probably going to be spending slightly too long in the Florida State dugout talking to Devin Flaherty. It's <laughs> just how it's going to go. <laughs> so, I mean, just, just those relationships. Also, my brief pitch, I've said this multiple times. I know people listen to this that don't listen to the games. If you are a number two at a group of five school, if you're a three or four pitching wise at a power five school, come here. Simple as that. Yeah. That's my final thought. Anyone else have anything to add before we wrap up? Get those reps. Yes. Reps. Boom. Boom. That's like exactly the athletes you that will get the absolute milk this for what it is. You Mm. know what I mean? Like the, the kid that, you know, might've been behind an all American. Right but is now the starting shortstop Yeah, yeah. this coming year. That's or, a, that's that, a, or the two through five pitcher who mm. wants more innings and wants to be the one or, you know, like that. It's so perfect for that. And I don't think there's any athlete that is too good for this league, just as I feel like there's not an athlete that's too bad for this league. I think it's absolutely perfect. And that's what I love about this is that it, it, you don't have to be a power five kid to get in here. That don't, that doesn't matter. It's you, you come here and we have kids from so many different levels. We had JUCOs, we had NAIA, D, I mean, every single division within the last two years has been covered here. And um, that's what I think does make it special is that it elevates everybody's game. How deep was Oklahoma last year that Riley Boone wasn't a starter? Riley Boone, God, I mean, <laughs> the pinch hitter. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. I played Oklahoma when they won the national championship that year when I was coaching at New Mexico, and we played them. And their pinch hitters would have been my four hitter for all four years of their careers. <laughs> and, like, they get, like, 12 at-bats a season, and they're, like, 6'4", 220. And I'm like, cool. Like, that's, that's neat that that's your sub. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Tough. Like, I – you know, it's ridiculous. Like, where do you find these girls? <laughs> like, I mean, there wow. is there a farm that I'm not like don't know about that's like hidden somewhere in America? Yeah, you know, like breeds these beasts. Yeah. Seriously, just pumping out players that hit 30 home runs. Yeah, like for real. Like, what do you feel? Everybody, them? everybody hits 30 home runs. <laughs> <laughs> this has been fun. Yeah, a little FGCL roundtable with our friends Caitlin Gambone of the Lynx. Quick, brief pitch for the Lynx. Why should people support them in the playoffs, Caitlin? The Lynx are the underdogs, okay? Everyone loves to be an underdog. You know, we've been in every game we've played this year. We haven't been run-ruled. We're solid from top to bottom. We, we hit. We have pitching. I mean, who wouldn't want to root for the underdog? You see the underdog succeed every year. I told Gray earlier, it's like the Cavs in the playoffs when they were down 3-1. to one. They had the 73-9 and nine Warriors with the unanimous MVP and who won the underdog. <laughs> you always work Ohio into everything you do. Yeah. <laughs> hey, remember, remember 2014. Okay. Uh, Moving on. I was going to say that also that underdog had LeBron James on it, <laughs> but so, but okay. I mean, that's, I, a, I think, I think the links, I think, I think the links have, have a great roster. And I, I second that. I think, there's players on the links that I think can make can make game game changing plays and will make things happen in the playoffs. So I, I do agree with that. So now now the league leader is kind of poor mouthing her own team to kind of yeah. yeah. Oh my god, this, this is yeah. rat just, poison, Nikki. Rat poison. Rat poison. Rat poison. <laughs> just just speaking what I see, and I've said I've said it. Yeah. Kaylin, have I not said it all summer long? <laughs> yep. It's links true. are solid. Just I know Kara Parker's standing outside, Caitlin, so you can tell her hello. Is that who you're looking at? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> hey, Kara. Nikki Cuccio, thank you for joining us. Quick pitch. Why are we pulling for the regular season champs? We, Our pitching staff right now is on fire. They're doing a great job of complimenting each other, and our, our lineup is any, pretty much 1 through 10, 1 through 9, whatever, way, whatever direction we go, can – hit the ball out, um, and we're looking forward to 
a lot of great ball and a lot of fun with the squeeze. Very nice. That's Nikki Cuccio and, and Erica Beach, head coach of the Pioneers. Thank you for joining us, Beachy. Tell us why we should all get behind the Pioneers, besides the fact that you are the head coach here for the postseason. I appreciate that. I mean, we're we're fighting with the links at the uh, the caboose of the train a little bit. Um, we're we're um we we hit a rough skid in most of the season. <laughs> we had a rough skid for five weeks. A rough it's start. Really a rough, rough middle. Rough for end. about four and a half of the five weeks we've been here. It's cool. Um, but like, listen, the pioneers. We everybody that can play is literally starting. Like we literally don't have subs. So like these girls are playing their hearts out. They've been sick. Yeah. I mean, you get it, Caitlin, like <laughs> everybody's been, I mean, I had Taylor on the mound puking between pitches when we were playing the links on last week. Um, she's literally vomiting at the tree between innings. And then we have to sit around for an hour during lightning break and like finish the game at some point. And she's just like, you know, like these girls have just like played their hearts out and it, I love them. And they have been, um, they're fighters and they're just the funnest group and everybody wants to be a near, come on, pioneers. Plus, and let me just say, I'm going to call it now. The pioneers always get somebody in the postseason. Hey, amen to that. Like, you just don't know. Like, you never know when we're coming at you like little spider monkeys. So, you know, just keep your eyes open. It might be, you know, you might see a good game out of us and we might, we might play deep into this thing. I like yeah. it. When I think pioneers and covered wagons, spider monkeys also immediately. Spider monkeys and we circle the wagons. That's, that's circle the wagons. Yes. <laughs> Thank you all so much for hopping on with us on the Out of the Box podcast and FGCL Roundtable. Caitlin Gambone, Nikki Cuccio, Eric Beach. Go with us. We love you guys. Thank you. Bye. So that was our FGCL roundtable here on the Out of the Box podcast. Nikki Cuccio, Caitlin Gambone, Erica Beach, and us, Gray Robertson, Tom Canberry. Tom? That was post- fun. Yeah, postseason's coming up. Yes. H- how excited are you? Very excited. We've got like wall-to-wall softball <laughs> from like 10 a.m. to 6. Wow. That is a lot of softball happening. It's, it's like we're in OKC again. <laughs> yes. But instead of only doing Alabama's games, we are doing every game. Yes. Yeah, so that's going to be fun. But yeah, really looking forward to it. Double elimination tournament. And uh, like they were saying, you know, anyone can beat anybody else at any given time. You can make an argument that any of the 10 teams can win this thing. So it's going to be a lot of fun and a lot of really high-quality softball. And uh, we're going to see who not only has the best overall roster, the most talented, but who has... Maybe the toughest or the one that can, yeah. can really has the most endurance to get through some of these days. It's They're going to be long days. And it's not cool. It's a little warm here, here in Sarasota. I'm doing laundry now because yes. I've sweated through all of the shirts. All of the shirts. <laughs> okay, before we wrap up this episode, we said we would talk about some news. Yes. Um, some things have happened, Tom. I, I mean... Some portal things. Should we start with the thing that we had been hoping would happen for like a month and actually happened? Yes. Alabama got Allie Shipman. Hey, all right. I was going to have Maddie on, but that'd be a lot for late, you know, yes. late night podcasting. Sure. It's yeah. about 1045 Eastern time as we record this. So, you East, know. East, by the way, Eastern time of the devil. Yes. I am not a fan. Everything starts so late. Put me on Hawaii time. Oh, my god! I want it to be noon right now right. or whatever. It doesn't have to be quite Hawaii time, but, you know, Central or Mountain, this, this <laughs> Eastern time, I'm not a fan of. Not, not digging no, it. No, not digging it. So, Madison Shipman, frequent guest on the Out of the Box podcast, yes. former Tennessee Lady Vol. She's going to be at Rhodes a little more because little sister Allie has transferred. She went in the portal from Tennessee. She is a catcher. She is coming to Alabama. Uh, this was an area of need, mm-hmm. and not not just, I mean, you know, and I don't say that to be harsh on Abby Dorr, but Abby Dorr was one of two catchers last year. Bailey right. Hemphill's gone. There's just wasn't that depth. Yeah, you got to have depth and one way or the other. you got to have more at that position. Yeah. And so not only do you add another catcher, you add a shipman, right. one, a, one in the family, the sister of the one that got away, as Patrick Murphy has said, <laughs> a 
and she brings in a great bat, a great arm. I mean, it's a home run. It's an absolute home run. And when she went in the portal, it just made sense at Alabama at the top of the list. There were a lot of reasons for that. And I'm happy that we were all correct with all of our assumptions from the moment we heard the rumor yeah. that Allie Shipman might be going in. Yeah, and it and just kind of shows, you know, we're in the we're in the area in the era of the transfer portal. Yeah. Uh, and so that means you're gonna lose some people sometimes. But you're gonna get some. You're gonna gain some people, and and if you're a program like Alabama, you're gonna get more than you lose, and you're gonna get somebody. The quality of someone like Allie Shipman is is, is just it's outstanding, and it's um, you know like you said, it was a position of need. It's someone that comes in. You can batter almost anywhere in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, she just she elevates the entire defense out there. I think she's going to have a great relationship with Montana Fouts and Lexi Kilfoyle and the entire Alabama pitching staff. And I know in a couple of interviews that she's done, um, she said that that was one of the things. You know, she talked with Montana Fouts, and they, they got, got along really well. And that's going to be a great battery for the Crimson Tide. And um, I, I'm really excited, and, and you're right. It seemed like it was just a natural fit from the moment that uh, Ship went into the uh, – Went into the portal and glad that it got that she got spit out in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, I mean, I go back. I don't even know what show it was. It might have been go after season one, where when Reagan Dykes graduated and we were talking about maybe needing to go into the portal to get a catcher. When we at the time were thinking Bailey wouldn't be catching every game, right? Because I mean, obviously that wasn't the original plan. Mm-hmm. But you said, what better selling point is there than Montana Fouts and? Lexi Kilfoyle coming in. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, as I'm sure the recruiting pitch was good by Patrick Murphy and by Stephanie Van Brakel Prothrow, you can't find a better pitch than you could argue the best pitcher in the country, Montana Fouts. I right. mean, if you're a catcher, what more could you want? Yeah. It, it's perfect. You, you just finish uh, catching for Ashley Rogers, and now you have the opportunity to stay at that level and maybe even step it up a little bit. Uh, and go to another school that has an opportunity uh, to win a national championship and to play in Oklahoma City. And uh, I just think it, it was just a perfect fit all the way around. Mm. Another addition as well, Ashley Prangy coming in from Ohio State. This is a, an interesting one because she has had a solid career with the Buckeyes, mm-hmm. uh, a good 2021. I like the move because I, I think it's going to make the incoming freshmen, and we haven't really – made a deep dive into the recruiting list as of yet, but this is widely considered to be the most talented overall class Patrick Murphy's ever had. And that's, that's saying a little something. Yeah. Yeah. And that being said, you don't want to make it easy on those freshmen. So bring in a player who's got a lot of experience at a power five level to push the freshman that will probably be in a position to start at third base. I assume where this is all going to go down. I think it just makes complete sense, and it'll help those younger players grow, and it'll provide that competition, and I think it'll provide multiple opportunities and multiple options in that spot. You can figure it out as the season goes on, but I mean, again, I don't see a ton of negatives. No, you can't, and you can't have enough enough depth. Yeah, because uh, we saw that in in 2021. Had we not had the expanded rosters and the extra year given to everyone from 2020, uh, Alabama would have been in real trouble with mm-hmm. the injuries that they had. Um, so, you know, bringing in a, an extra player or two, uh, not, you don't, you know, Patrick Murphy's never had a really large roster. Last year's was the biggest he'd ever had. Uh, and he, I don't, I think he's going to come back down. It's going to be about 2021, uh, this year, uh, or for 2022, but, um, you know, have players that can play a lot of different positions, um, and adding, adding that depth, and, yes, I, it's a tremendous recruiting class coming in of true freshmen, uh, maybe the most overall talented, which is why, you know, it's going to be a younger team for Alabama this year. But you can make an argument it may be even a more talented team than the ones that have just finished back-to-back third in, the, in you know, in, yeah. in the final at the Women's College World Series. So um, it, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch these players grow. Um, you know, Prangy coming in. And also, you know, we've seen Cat Grill here in yeah. – in, uh, in the FGCL, and she has you know, really, I think, elevated her status uh, and shown what she can do when she is in there every single day. Uh, so I think she's certainly in the conversation on getting a starting spot as well. I, I mean, Patrick Murphy would tell us that 
Cat Grill was the defensive option many times, and we saw her come in as a defensive replacement for KB Sides early in 2021 before she got hurt, and then she took over that starting spot and played really well. Right. So I think that there's going to be good competition. I, I think at the end of the day, it just adds more experience and it adds more competition because you know you want the players to have to earn it. You don't yeah. want anything handed to anybody. Yeah. And I, for one, am really excited about what Team 26 is going to look like. We know about a fall ball weekend. That is October 10th mm-hmm. in Nashville against Lipscomb. I mean, come I mean, on. <laughs> if we'd like to do that during the regular season, that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Scheduling requests. Lipscomb and Mercer. That's the two things right. I want. Let's schedule Mercer if we can. If Patrick Murphy is listening to the end of the hour. <laughs> right, yes, if he's, if he's still hanging around with us. Uh, and then, you know, we, we got the other news that they are actually looking at it in Vanderbilt. Yes. Of, 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 this is a real thing. Yes, of adding a softball uh, program, which it, which they should, obviously. Um, you're looking at the growth of this game. We saw it with the ratings for the Women's College World Series. Uh, just the, the stand, just a regular, you know, a... a Random Monday night on the SEC network and the ratings that that softball yeah. does. Uh, there is no reason for every school in this league not to have softball. Uh, I know facilities are kind of kind of an issue, but I'm sure we can find somewhere in the city of Nashville that we can put a softball uh, complex for the Commodores. There's got to be land somewhere, Surely. some Surely warehouse. Goodness. Right. I mean, not everybody has their. Uh, field on campus. You know, some people have to drive a little while. Yeah. So it'll be fine. You'll you'll enjoy it. Vandy, We're here for it. Come on in. You will have fun. Yes. And we will have fun because we get to go to Nashville. <laughs> All right. Now, obviously, there's other transfer portal news around the SEC. KB Sides going to Arkansas. That'll be something we'll talk about at some point. Uh, Arkansas has got a really kind of crazy transfer portal guy. class coming in, which is something I'm really excited. Frankly, to discuss with Courtney Diefel when we get to media days because they're adding two pitchers out of the portal. I mean, you're seeing Tennessee add a pitcher. I mean, a lot of teams have had a lot right. of pieces moving, and we'll cover that more in depth at a later time. But I think my main takeaway from kind of the first wave of the portal, we saw the deadline where you could enter in and not have to get a waiver mm-hmm. to play next year. It's that I'm going to have to adjust my expectations for some teams because there's just going to be a lot of new faces and a lot of change in the league as we see large senior classes graduate. And I think that makes it really interesting. And I also wouldn't be surprised if some teams who had good years this past year drop a bit, some teams who struggled as that youth grew up. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of thinking Texas A&M when I say that. Or maybe Georgia, even though they inexplicably made it to the World Series. You're talking they, about World Series participant in Georgia Bulldogs. They were not not top eight in the SEC, no. I'll tell you that. No. Uh, they're going to get better. I, I just think it's going to be a really fascinating year in the conference. And um, this is, I guess, my teaser for softball media days. We're going to try and do it again this year. We'll see if all the coaches will come back. But I hope a couple haven't been listening to the <laughs> podcast since they were on with us. But I, I just i am so excited. I, yeah. I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how much turnover we've had, what the rosters are going to look like, the familiarity amongst so many interconference transfers now that that rule is no longer right. in the SEC, and what that means this year. It's it's going to be crazy, and uh, you, you mentioned the you know, tapering expectations, or I don't know if you necessarily have to taper them. It's just that it's hard to really have them for you know, like year and year in and year out because. The rosters are going to change and have more fluidity right. than than we're expecting. So if somebody brings in a great class, at, at times that that used to mean well in two or three years, watch out because they're going to be great. But we don't know because half that class might not be there. Right. Uh, it's it just depends on um, how that portal ends up working out for them. So the the transfer portal will just add just an extra added variable, um, I think, for a lot of these teams. Ultimately, I think it's going to, as I said before, it's going to help the more established blue blood type programs. Um, you know, we've seen it with Oklahoma; they lost six, they lost six players, but I don't think it really affected what their overall roster is. And they bring in one of the best, if not the best, uh, non-power five pitcher. Uh, oh, I thought you were going to go with one of the best defensive infielders. With oh, Brito. They, they brought well, in sure. both of them. Yeah. So there you go. 
We'll dive into that yeah, later. Absolutely. One more thing we want to get to before we close this episode. Rules changes are on the docket, and this mm. is something Patrick Murphy teased in the season finale. Uh, I read the document, and there is a new proposed out-of-the-box rule, mm-hmm. which is that it's not close. I mean, it's you know, it's closer it's to almost what there. we said. It's almost there. It is a strike before it gets to two strikes, not an automatic out. And then once you get to two strikes, it is an automatic out. If we could tweak that and make it a foul, and then I think three fouls seems fair, so we're not there all day. Well, well, this person would be just running out of the box. I, all yeah, time. right. Uh, but I, I can see where they're coming from and making a rule like that because you're basically saying it's like you bunted the third strike foul. Um, so, fair. Yeah. So I, I, I am okay with it, um, being as it is. I'm, I'm just happy that they're moving toward you know common sense. Yeah, and also replay being looked at. And Patrick Murphy said it will be used in an interview before the World Series. But now we're talking widely implemented around the country, not just in the SEC, and maybe being used in those non-conference tournaments that we've got at Tuscaloosa, including that March event with Texas and Florida State. There is no reason why every game hosted by a school that has a conference network Mm. doesn't have... That doesn't have replay. There's no reason why. I understand, like if you're at, say, the Gulf Shores tournament, the the Sand Daughter Classic that we that Alabama plays in periodically. That's not going to be set up to be able to have replay. And I think everyone would go into that. It's barely team. set up for radio, right. Tom. It's, it's barely set up for softball. It's barely set up for radio. <laughs> but um, I think everyone would kind of understand. Okay, we can't have replay in these games. But when you're at facilities that are literally wired to have cameras at every game, yep. and they stay, you know. We had two games in 2021 that, or you know, one game, sorry, against Louisville. Or was that a doubleheader? It was a doubleheader. It was a, okay. I thought yeah. we had two games in 2021 that wasn't on TV, and it was a riot-inducing thing. Like so, so people lost right. their minds. <laughs> lost their minds about it. So all these games are on TV. No reason for there not to be replay. Uh, again, as I mentioned before, I shared the the tweet when it came out. Uh, you look at the the ratings for the Women's College World Series against the Baseball World Series, which is a great event. I love it. I watched every game of it, and, and, I, and I want it to succeed at, at the highest level as well. But you look at the Women's College World Series, it outdrew the, the, the men's game. Um, it, it was an absolute ratings bonanza. It was a boon for everybody involved. Uh, but it doesn't have replay, and it doesn't have built-in weather days. The men's, the men's tournament does. Yep. There's no reason for that to be the case. Mm. Yes, Tom. I agree. I Like, we're getting there. We are getting there. Coming People along. took notice when those rating tweets came out. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a small margin. No. Like, softball crushed baseball. Right. It crushed hockey. Yeah. Like, it was, you know, people are noticing. Right. And as we have said, the more eyes that come on the sport, the more people are going to realize some of these inadequacies. And, again... And there's more... Uh, and there's more... Uh, scrutiny yeah. on different aspects. Like, so there's yeah. going to be more scrutiny on committees. the committees. There's mm-hmm. going to be more scrutiny on everybody involved, uh, which ultimately is going to do nothing but sharpen it and make it better. Yeah, I mean, I think the committee almost got a pass this year because some of the things they, they suggested via the bracket mm-hmm. kind of proved true. Was it proved true because of the bracket they set up? That's a different conversation that could be you right. know, really discussed. We won't have that's, that here. That's- does Georgia make the Women's College World Series if they're not hosting as a two seed? Uh, I mean, who knows? But, uh, at the, you know, in terms of the replay conversation, I mean, if I can see six angles in the TV booth and Brian Tenney, right. you know, it should be fairly easy to get a screen down right. to the umps to show them angles or, or centralize it, which, again, worked at the SEC tournament. It, it, no, it, the SEC tournament, flawless. Yep. Perfect. Yep. I mean, the timing was a little off the first like three times. Once everything else was good. Once they got in the groove, it was it was all good. And uh, it was. Has there been any? Uh, as Patrick Murphy is on his soapbox on it all the time. Is there was there any word on a safety base? You know, I don't think so. Um, I, you know, frankly, I wasn't looking for it. I just saw that out of the box is being discussed, and I <laughs> I did a little happy dance. And that was it, right? We just focused <laughs> in on that. Replay. Oh my gosh! <laughs> right. Out of the box is being discussed. Free publicity. Speaking of out-of-the-box, this is the Out-of-the-Box podcast. Any final thoughts, Tom, before we wrap up, FGCL or otherwise? Uh, just, again, appreciate the, the coaches for joining us here today. It was a lot of fun, and uh, it's uh, I appreciate the uh, the invite to come down and 
Um, looking for a, a great week of softball here to wrap things up. And then, uh, unbelievably, it's really not that far away from media days get going. And then, you know, here we go with uh, with all the sports and softball coming up. Gosh, I'm going to send the mass email soon. Mm. It's crazy. That's scary. I'm sure the SID is really looking forward to it. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. We'll see who gets back first. Whoever gets back first wins. What do you win? <laughs> Unclear, but you win. Last year's winner was Missouri. So, Larissa, I mean, you know we like you. Yes. It's not a surprise. No, that's, yeah. I hope, hopefully she, she will have no problem coming back on with us. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can pretty much say who I think will be back. Right. Um, other stuff, you know, we'll dive into later. If you want to watch the FGCL games, including the All-Star game, which is on Friday, I assume this will be posted probably Friday morning. So that night you can go to the USSA Live subscription pages. You can get a day pass. You can get a pass for the playoffs, I think. Um, but at this point, I think the day pass is probably your best bet. So check that out. Uh, I'll tweet out the broadcasting schedule from my Twitter account, which is at Gray underscore Robertson. And Tom always sends a beautiful little this is where I am picture on his Twitter account. Indeed, at T Canterbury RTR on the Twitter. And um, yeah, enjoying enjoying all the time here. And, yeah. Um, it's rained almost every day, but we usually get the games in first. So we try. <laughs> we, God, we, we really try. What a fun episode this was. Again, follow the show at Outabox underscore pod. On the Twitter, thank you to the coaches, Erica Beach, Caitlin Gambone, Nikki Cuccio, hashtag nobody is safe in the FGCL. Tom, let's go. Wall to wall, playoffs, it's time. I'm ready. <laughs> let's do it. Let's get some sleep first. Okay. <laughs> For my partner, Tom Canterbury. Pull out couches, ready. <laughs> the bar is high <laughs> on the back. <laughs> you got you got to you got to get it right in the in the armpit. You got to get it right there to get it. Sleeping your... diagonally. It's a whole thing. <laughs> For my partner, Tom Canterbury, I'm Gray Robertson saying so long. Thanks for tuning in to the Out of the Box podcast. We'll see you very very soon. See y'all later.